and I'll be your host. Today is Saturday, November the 11th, 2015, and today's segments will include actually wearing, actually working, actually hand-dyed, actually attending, and a giveaway. So welcome back, guys. I um, am really excited that it has not been very long in between episodes this time around. I am feeling quite a bit more settled back in after my time in New York, so I have quite a bit of stuff that I got done this week that I wanted to share with all of you. So let's start out with actually wearing. It is finally, finally fall in Colorado, and uh, so I'm wearing a lot of my knits, and so I thought I would talk about the things that I have been wearing lately. Lots of my socks, which is great. It's back to being boot weather, which means it's back to wool sock weather. And so today I took all of my wool socks and threw them in the wash and then, you know, balled them back up and put them nice and neat and tidy in my drawer and feel really organized and ready to go. And it was fun. I laid out all my socks on the bed and took a picture because my sock stash has probably doubled this year. I'm knitting a lot more socks than I used to and I'm getting a lot more socks finished than I used to. So that was pretty exciting, pretty fun thing to do. Right this minute, I am wearing my Briquette hoodie, so that is definitely one of my favorites. That's the um, hoodie that I knit out of the Madeline Tosh uh, DK Twist in the Blue Stowe colorway, and the pattern is a pattern by Alicia Plummer, and I really love it, and I wear it all the time. I really feel like I want to go find another pullover hoodie, because I definitely wear this um, a lot and it's definitely a favorite. The fit of it is really good which makes me happy and it's a nice lightweight so it's a really good one. Um, the other thing that I, I wore a bunch of sweaters when I was in New York um, so I had a bunch of things that I thought were good for the office. It was interesting because the building I was in uh, one of the rooms was just really cold and I was really thankful that I had brought several sweaters to wear because we were kind of in a back and forth in between a couple different rooms and one of the conference rooms is just freezing. So I wore my Perla, which is a Hoagie Locatelli pattern. It's a cardigan. It's got a really cute um, texture to it, alternates uh, some pearl rose with some stockinette and it just gives it a really nice, and it's kind of a wrap front sweater. It's not a real dramatic wrap front cardigan, but it, the, um, the fronts overlap and it's really cute. And so that is a um, sweater that I knit out of some Madeline Tosh MCN worsted. I think the colorway is Thistle, and it's a really pretty purple, purple that runs more to a pinky purple than a blue purple. It's really, really pretty, and it's one of my favorite cardigans, and it's fairly dressy. You know, over um, work clothes, I was able to stay warm in the freezing cold building and still feel put together, so that was good. The other thing that I wore when I was there was my Creature Comforts cardigan. So that's another um, Madeline Tosh MCN worsted. The colorway is Winter Wheat. And so I had gotten this a couple years ago in the sweater club and I knit this up and it used a lot less um, yarn than I thought that it would. So I actually ordered more. They dyed me some more and I have another sweater in this exact same colorway which is the Cold Breath Sweater by Hoagie Locatelli, which is a really oversized turtleneck that I like a lot. Um, but the Creature Comforts is kind of a shrug sweater um, that you knit as a square. It's got this really cool 
leaf motif on the back, so it's kind of cabled in a way that makes these what looks like maple leaves up the back. I think it's a Madeline Tosh pattern as well. And um, you basically knit a, a rectangle and then do some interesting construction to pick up stitches and add the little sleeves. It's got pockets, which I really like, and it's just a cute, really different kind of sweater. So the last day of class was pretty casual. Pretty much everybody was in jeans, and um, so I wore that with uh, jeans and boots, and then it was really comfortable to wear home on the plane, so that was good. I've definitely been wearing my worsted boxy, which is yet another Hovi Locatelli uh, pattern. I guess you're seeing a theme here this week, but that is one that I, um, I throw on a lot just in the morning. I knit it out of a silver Cascade 220. So it's very much a go-to, throw it on, you know, any day kind of sweater. And I like it a lot. And it's nice and cozy. And it's wearing really well, which is good. Um, and then I wore my Mondo Cable Pulley. So this is one that I knit out of some Madeline Tosh Chunky that I got as part of the Yarn Club, not the Sweater Club. So um, I had ordered sort of two different sets of this. The dye lots were a little bit different. Uh, I don't think that it's noticeable in the sweater, but it's interesting because it's the colorway is called Washed Henna, and it's a really rich red. Uh, but interestingly, a couple of the skeins had quite a bit of um, blue to them. So I really love it. It's a very comfortable sweater. Uh, that's another one that I am likely to throw on, you know, in the morning to run the kids around with a pair of jeans, and I I really like it. It's got a three-quarter sleeve, um, and it's just a real, there's not a lot of um, shaping or anything. It's just a really comfortable on-the-go kind of sweater. And then I wore my Jenica hoodie, so that was, my plan had been to bring that sort of as my coat, and I got there, and it was colder than I expected it would be. So thankfully, I had brought my little lightweight down coat as well. But there were a couple of days that it was... Um, warm enough while I was in New York that that was the right coat to wear back and forth to the office and also um, again on those days that it was cold in the conference room I was able to wear that one so that was great that one is also Madeline Tosh Chunky in the window pane colorway which is a discontinued colorway that I love I think that might be the first Madeline Tosh yarn I bought because I was a little bit obsessed with that colorway so I also have it in a Tosh Mo light base um, and I've had a little bitty bit of a Make-A-Wish cardigan, which is another Hohe Locatelli pattern, um, cast on in that for quite a long time, but I have not yet finished it. I'm going to apologize there for the background noise. I noticed that too the other day after I recorded that there was quite a bit of ambient noise and it's from the cat <laughs> who likes to be close to me when I sit in my office. And there she is, so... Um, so I apologize if there was a little bit of background noise there. She likes to rub up against stuff. Um, so that's everything that I've been wearing, and it is. It's fun. It's um, definitely sweater weather here, and looking at the forecast this week, I think the warmest it's going to be is about 60 degrees, so sweater weather, weather is here, and that makes me happy. I also wore a couple of my cowls. I wore the, um, the cowl that I had knit out of the Lemonade Shop yarn, and... I also wore um, the green, gray and yellow gradient cowl that I had made out of the um, 
mode work yarn. So that was that first gradient cow. It's gray and yellow gradient. Um, I wore that one. That might be it. I, I did wear um, one of my hats too when we were in New York and I was on the circle tour to see the Statue of Liberty at night. It was really cold. And thankfully I had brought a hat. So I had my Silverthorn hat, which is a pattern that I created. It's a cabled hat, and that is also out of um, the Silver Cascade 220. I think it's the leftovers from when I knit my worsted boxy. And it's a, just a really cute beanie and uh, kept me nice and warm on the boat, so that was good news. So actually working, I have a ton of stuff on the needles, you guys, and then I cast on a bunch of stuff today and yesterday. So that was part of the reason I thought, oh, I have plenty to talk about this week in terms of knitting. So first up, I am back to driving kids back and forth to school, which means the socks for my husband that live in the car have gotten a little bit of love. So these are just a vanilla sock um, out of the MJ Yarns in Cerulean Twilight. And I am quickly closing in on the toe of the first sock. This happens to me every year. I leave these socks in my car thinking, well, that way they'll get it on nearly every day. Um, but now it's like it's November and I got a sock and a quarter left to do before Christmas. So I've got to get my act together um, on that and make some progress there. So those might have to move into the house for a little while. Um, but they're coming along. And then I'm still working on the Rose City Rollers for my cousin. And so I have a leftover skinny yarn that I hand dyed and it's a gray with then a rainbow repeat um, and I am most of the way down the foot I'm going to put an afterthought heel from sock architecture in those I'm not sure which one yet um, but that one is almost finished and that'll be the fourth my hope was to make her six socks to give her for Christmas so I'm making what I what feels like good progress on that little project and then the Bailey sweater from the Boys Nets book that I um, reviewed in the last episode for my son Ben. I am knitting that out of a Knit Picks Chroma in the midwinter. Last time I think I said winter colorway. The name of the colorway is actually midwinter. And I put several inches on that this week. So I'm making good progress on the body of that sweater. It's just a, the way I'm doing it, it's a four by one rib. And so it looks really good. I'm really happy with it. And um, it's coming together nicely, but of course, rather than just make progress on that, which had kind of been my intention, I cast on a bunch of stuff. So one of the things that I really have wanted to do for a long time was a pair of boot toppers. I don't have any boot toppers and it is boot weather. So I found a pattern on Ravelry called boot candy and it's just a cute cabled um, boot topper and it called for a chunky yarn which I thought meant it would you know knit up pretty fast so I cast those on last night and really just knit the ribbing of one I had some knit picks chunky acrylic it's not big O but I, I couldn't remember I don't for some reason it's not in my Ravelry stash um, anyways I had a nice charcoal gray knit picks chunky um, that was kicking around in my stash so I cast on with that and I'm hoping to crank those out this weekend or this week and just get those done. I also would like to have a pair of either lighter gray ones or maybe even like a, you know, like an ivory or a cream colored pair. 
um, I'm not sure that the charcoal will work with my brown boots. It'll certainly work with my black boots, but I'm going to take a look and see if I can fish something else out of my stash. I have some Knit Picks Big O that I had bought to make cowls for people a couple years ago, and that, um, I've got some bright colors in, but I just wanted something something subtle to go with my brown boots. So the, I'm sure I'll knit another pair of those, but they're very cute and it's just a really quick, it's like some ribbing. And then I think like 18 rounds of 44 stitches. It's not a lot of knitting. Um, so those will hopefully be cranked out pretty quickly and that'll be fun. So then I cast on three things today because, oh no, maybe I only cast on two things today actually. But I did a bunch of dyeing this weekend, and that's what most of the episode is going to be. So I'm not going to get into details of yarn here, but I did want to tell you guys about a couple of projects that I cast on today. So I have been wanting to add to the Christmas knitting a hat for my husband. I, I've knit him a couple different hats, and I think he really likes them, and I think it, it makes a, a nice gift to go with the, um, the socks. Oh, nuggets. Sorry about that, guys. The cat was uh, wanting to rub up against the equipment again, and I'm trying to uh, keep her happy so she won't do that. So, um, things I've cast on in <laughs> during the day today. I have been noticing on Instagram a lot of people knitting um, sock head hats, and I have a lot of fingering weight yarn in my stash, stash so much so that when I went up to Ravelry to take a look at this pattern, you know, it'll make recommendations from your stash. It told me that there were 25 things in my stash that it thought were good for this pattern. So apparently I have a large stash of um, fingering weight yarn. And so I I just thought this looked like a really cute hat. It's, if you haven't seen it, um, you can look it up on Ravelry or there's a hashtag. A lot of people have been just tagging that um, sock head hat. And so that is really cute. And it's very simple. It's a free Ravelry pattern, and it is just um, a little beanie, right, with um, several inches of 2 by 2 ribbing and then stockinette up to the top. So I am starting on that. The kids and I are going to go to the movies tomorrow because uh, we've been without a movie theater in my hometown for it's got to be close to a year and a half. They are they knocked down the mall and they're building a brand new one. So now they're building this like super fancy movie theater with the reclining chairs and everything. And they're doing like a soft open um, this week with second run movies. And it all goes to charity apparently. So we're going to go tomorrow and probably see the Minion movie again. And um I thought this would be perfect movie theater knitting because I'll still be working on the ribbing, I'm sure. So I'll tell you a little bit about the yarn in the next segment, but I am super excited about it. It's going to be really cute. And then I think when the cat got upset, I was talking about the windshift hat. So I did um, cast on a hat for my husband. It's Stephen West pattern, and I'm going to talk about this yarn in a minute as well. But I do like to do a hat for him. I liked the look of this hat pattern a lot. And so it's just kind of got an interesting um, section of ribbing, like kind of a panel of ribbing. And I, I like to 
add in a hat. A hat feels to me like a lot less knitting than socks, especially men's socks. Um, so that is another little project that I'm hoping to crank out. I mean, usually a hat won't take me a super long amount of time. So with any luck, that will be something I can finish up in a week or so and just add to the gift pile. My husband's birthday is this month too, so you never know. I may give it to him for his birthday instead. So those are the things that are currently on my needles. So moving on to the next segment, uh, actually hand dyed. So a couple of things that I wanted to um, talk about is there were some some really good just common sense things that I learned in the class that uh, my friend Jen and I took at Fancy Tiger. I was really, this is sort of exactly what I was hoping to get out of the class was just to learn some simple techniques that would make things a little bit easier. So the one thing that I did finally do was I went out and actually bought a industrial quality respirator um, because the, the dye in its powder form is um, potentially hazardous. And I was doing some things this time through that I'll talk about where I knew I was going to have the dye in powder form for quite a bit longer than usual. So I decided that that was, it was time to just invest in that. It wasn't really a lot of money, but I bought one off Amazon, like a decent respirator. So that was one thing. Um, the other was I went the other night and bought myself a very inexpensive piece of oilcloth at Hancock Fabrics. So that was what Meg had used to protect the tables at Fancy Tiger. And um, it made cleanup really easy because it wipes clean very easy. And you don't have to worry about, you know, what was happening to your work surface necessarily. So I, I bought it just a yard of that. And um, it's a nice wide thing. So it covers the whole area where I usually do the dyeing. So that was another thing. And then with one of the pairs that I did this week, I finally did just go ahead and make some dye stock that I can then uh, reuse. So I just used some old um, empty water bottles and I mixed up three things of dye stock and they were colors that I know for sure I will use again. So I think that'll be my thing from now on. I'll tell you one of the stories as I'm going along here, but one of the yarns that I was using this time through, I felt like the color saturation was exactly what I wanted, but I was ending up somehow just using like way more water than I should have. And then it was just messy and difficult to wrap up and, and all those kinds of things. So let me jump in and tell you a little bit about what I worked on this week. So the first thing I did last night was I had the two skeins of yarn that I had made in the Fancy Tiger class. So we had done one skein that was just traditional hand painting. And that one I did with a black and then a series of pinks and purples. So I did a purple mixed with black, I did a purple mixed with pink, and then I did a really like hot electric pink and um, and just hand painted that and I reskeined it and I was really happy with how the yarn turned out, but I always feel like when you reskein it, that's when you really get a sense of what the yarn is going to look like and this is so pretty. I'm so excited about how this turned out. So I'm really pleased with it. I'm trying to decide what to cast on. I think it's too pretty to be in my shoes. I think it's not probably going to be socks. So I was looking at some cowl and shawl patterns tonight to try to decide what to do. If anybody knows of a a great one skein um, shawl or cowl um, fingering weight pattern and they want to 
hit me um, in the show notes or, you know, in the Ravelry group, just let me know because I, um, I was looking at a couple of the Martina Bim patterns and those I think are um, usually about a single skein, but I want to just do something um, simple and pretty with this. So, so that one turned out great. And then the other one, I felt like skeining it up was even more sort of transformative. The, the second one was the one that we did where we sort of used the immersion dyeing. And so we had them in a Tupperware and we just added dye to the water, which was a much more, um, I guess much more of a gamble, but it ended up with more black than I, than I thought it would have. There's blue and pink. There's some green in here, which I think started out as yellow. That's just kind of crossing with the blue. And I am thrilled with how this one turned out as well, especially now that I skeined it up. It's just really, really pretty. So that was nice. And I am um, pattern shopping for that one as well. So my big thing that I was going to try this time through was speckles. Um, I've been admiring all the indie dyers that do speckles and looking at people's Instagram pictures. And I just love that look. And I, I thought, well, I, I had a couple of skeins of um, a DK with a Stellina base, so sparkly DK, and I thought sparkles and speckles would be a lot of fun to kind of try out with. So this was part of the reason that I wanted to use the respirator was we didn't try this technique in the class with Meg, but she had said that, um, that basically the way that she did speckles was to use the dye in its powder form. So I was pretty excited about this. I picked out, I think, five colors. I did some black. I did some chartreuse, some yellow, some fluorescent fuchsia, and a purple, I think. And I kind of went to town sprinkling um, dye onto this Stellina DK. So a couple of things that I learned um a couple things that I learned with this one. So it did not, it's not speckled. Um, it did not turn out the way that I wanted it to. I'm actually really happy with the finished yarn and I really feel like, um, at least that's, you know, I'm not trying to reproduce this. I'm not trying to sell this to anybody. This is just for fun and it's just for me. And so uh, sometimes I feel like the mistakes are part of the process and part of the fun because I really am very happy with how the skinny yarn turned out, even though it turned out nothing at all like what I set out to create. So a few things that I learned after <laughs> after I did this first one, I kind of did this and then it did not get the result that I wanted. And I thought, well, you know, make, how to make speckled yarn is something a person could Google. Why didn't I Google this before I started? So I did go and kind of look around and do some reading. And I had done a few different things at Stellina in the past and the sparkle did not really um, stay on the yarn and at the time I thought part of it was because I was dyeing it in light colors and maybe it just wasn't enough contrast but it turns out that um, with Stellina in the fiber content they recommend that you use vinegar and not citric acid and I had been using citric acid to soak all of my yarns up to this point and then I decided this time that I would try vinegar because that's what we used in the classic fancy tiger and it worked out fine so I don't I think in my head for some reason 
Maybe I had it, I was thinking that citric acid was somehow better. I, I don't like the vinegar smell. And sometimes the Madeleine Tosh yarns, when they do the clubs, if they've just been dyed, they do show up and they smell like vinegar. And I don't love that. But I just smelled my yarn. <laughs> um, but none of these smell after being rinsed. And the Stellina looks a lot better. So to get back to what I did with the skinny yarn, I had five different colors and I just sprinkled dye all over. I had a little bit of a like, holy crap moment because I was trying to sprinkle the dye and I was trying different sizes of like spoons and stuff to get the right amount. And then I had a spill. And so I had this magenta, um, deep magenta, and I spilled like a blob of it on this. Like I was scraping it back up with a spoon. Thank goodness I had the respirator on. But I was like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. So I sprinkled it up. I wrapped it up. I steamed it. I took it out of the foil or the, the saran wrap, dunked it in a um, bucket of water, and so much dye came off this, you guys. It was like, it was crazy. I probably spent 15 minutes trying to rinse this clean. And so I just had way too much powder. I had way too many colors, and I had way too many things, like, overlapping each other. And then as I was rinsing it, the black kind of um, kind of took over, although there was at one point where I was like, this is just black yarn, and then you're kind of going to see shoots of color. That's not how it looks anymore. Most of the black um, rinsed out, and now it's there's shades of gray and then shoots of color. So it's really pretty. I think I'm going to make some mitts with it, and I, like I said, because it's just for me, I, I think I love this yarn. Um, but it was not what I set out to do. So of course I had to try again the next day. So I soaked some more, um, I had two skeins of this sparkly DK base, um, that I had bought the last time I placed an order for, um, yarn. And so I gave it another shot. So the next day, what I did was I only picked three colors. I did bright aqua fluorescent fuchsia and a fluorescent yellow and I was much more um, conservative with how much dye I put on the blanks I did do a little bit where I intentionally overlapped things so this definitely has some places where I got a really pretty green because the yellow and the aqua mixed together and there are just the occasional shoots of orange where the yellow and the pink went together and there's quite a bit of white. So the other thing I did when I did the first one, I like flipped it over and I did the bottom and there was a, there was a lot of dye on this. So this other one, I thought, you know, let me just, once I rescan it, it's going to be fine. Let me just sprinkle on one side, wrap it up and steam it and see what happens. And so there is quite a bit of white still in it, which I think is really nice. So it's, this one I feel like was a huge success. I certainly could have been even more conservative with how much I sprinkled, but I'm really, really happy with how this one turned out. So it's lovely. I will post pictures um, so that you guys can admire it, but I will definitely play around with that sprinkle, um, speckled look again, and maybe maybe on some fingering weight yarn because I don't have any more of the DK. But that was really fun, super fun experiment, and. Um, I feel like I learned a ton from doing that, so that's kind of the point. So then the next thing that I wanted to experiment with was, I'm sure, I know I talked about this a couple of episodes ago, um, 
anybody that's on Instagram has probably seen the beautiful stenciled sock blanks that um, Gail's Art does. And so I thought, well, I wanted to try my hand at that. So the first thing I did was I kettle dyed the blank. So I just threw it in the pot with some silver gray. And I kind of, it, I mean, it came out real, um, real inconsistent in terms of how the gray took which is what I wanted so there's sections that are very very pale and sections that are dark and it's kind of like mottled or marbled or something it looks it looks extremely kettle dyed and then I had some dyes that I had um, thickened over the summer when I was doing sock blanks and I had put those in mason jars and sealed them up tight and I had a little bit of just that thickener um, in a mason jar as well and I had these stencils that I had bought at Michael's. They were just these little Martha Stewart stencils. And one of them was uh, little circles, like concentric circles. And then the other kind of looks like teardrops, um, concentric circles of teardrops. So it looks like a flower. And so I just kind of played around with that. I had some aqua and some orange and some green, and I mixed some of them together and I just kind of played around with it. So a couple of things that were interesting. Um, when I first was done with it, I was really, really happy with how it looked. And then when I steamed it, I do feel like it um, it's not as distinct as it was. And of course, that doesn't necessarily matter because the whole point of the sock blank is that it's going to be you know, shoots of this color and whatever. So it didn't, it didn't have to be like real distinctive looking. You definitely can still see the shapes, but I, it definitely blurred a little, I guess, as I was steaming it, or maybe as I was rinsing it, I'm not sure which. Um, the other thing that I did that I'm not sure was the right thing to do was I let, I completely dried the blank before I stenciled because I was worried about if it was wet, would it bleed underneath the stencil? Um, so it definitely doesn't go all the way through. It'll be interesting to see how that knits up. Um, and this was just a really fun experiment. So I really admire Gail's work. She does beautiful, beautiful stenciled sock blanks. And I feel like I have an even greater appreciation now for how much work must go into that. But this was a really fun thing to just kind of goof around with and fiddle with. I will probably do some more. Um, I have, a, it was like I said, a little set of stencils. And so I have some other stencils. One of them was like cute little starbursts. And I thought that would be fun um, to do in lots of different colors. So I'm sure this is not the last experiment that I will do with these, but I'm really happy with how it turned out for my first attempt. So that was fun. And then I'm not done. I have three more things. Um, so like I said, I was on just kind of a kick. I had not done any dyeing in a while and I was feeling, feeling the itch. So the next thing that I dyed up was I had some NCN fingering and I, uh, I just hand painted that using the exact same technique that we used in the class that I took. And so I did um, a silver gray, a fluorescent fuchsia, some chartreuse, some purple, some bright aqua. 
maybe that's not chartreuse actually maybe that's the yellow mixed with the blue um i think that was it so purple blue pink and yellow and then the gray and i just hand painted it so just like that there are some sections that look green there are definitely some sections that look orange um i was really really happy with how this turned out i do this was the one that convinced me that i did need to just mix up some dye stock because i do feel like i um i had I used too much water when I was doing this one and it was, it didn't impact the final product, but it was such a mess when I was doing it. There was just too much water everywhere. I think the stock was very weak. I had it in these little squirt bottles and so I was feeling like I was needing to squirt a lot to get the amount of saturation of color that I wanted. So this was what convinced me that I shouldn't just mix stuff up in a squirt bottle for a one-time use. I should just mix some stock and store it safely. But I love how this yarn turned out. So this is the yarn that I decided to do the sock head hat in, and I'm really excited about that. So I, I cast on tonight, and I've knit about an inch of the ribbing um, for the hat, and I think it's going to be super cute. It's a lot of just great bright colors. It's very cheerful and very fun. It also would have made very cute socks. But um, given the cashmere content, um, I decided I wanted to do something that would not be shoved in a shoe all day long. And I'm pretty excited with this. I'm going to try. I'm, I definitely think I want the hat to be uh, super slouchy. So I'm probably just going to like, knit this really big and see how it goes. Um, and probably try it on as I go. But I think I'm going to make a really long hat so that it's a cute um, slouchy beanie. So that's one that I'm really excited about and I'm very happy with the results. I really, uh, this was the most yarn I've dyed in a while and it really left me feeling like, again, since it's just, it's just a hobby, right? Nobody cares but me. And I almost feel like so far, there's been like no bad outcomes, you know. I'm going to be really happy knitting with all of this yarn. And even the times when it doesn't turn out exactly like the picture in my head, I'm still going to be really happy knitting with all this yarn. So that's fun. It's good. Um, so the other thing that I did was um, I mentioned the hat that I'm knitting for my husband. So I have some MCN Aran weight yarn. Super soft. I've... I've dyed up a bunch of this. This was the one that I gave away um, for the little giveaway I did here on the podcast. I also used this yarn for um, a gift for my friend Sarah. I used it uh, and I made myself a little cowl a couple of weeks ago. Actually, maybe that's in the Christmas pile. I haven't worn it yet. Um, and the yarn... Yeah, that was it. I think those are the four things. So anyways, it's super soft. It's really nice. It's got a nice loft to it. And I thought it would be the perfect yarn for this hat for my husband. So I just threw it in a pot um, and kettle dyed it with some peacock blue, which is a really pretty, um, sometimes when I think of peacock, I think of like that turquoise that is in a peacock feather, but this is more the, the deep blue. It's not a royal blue exactly, but it's close. And I am really happy with how it turned out. There is some real kettle dyed effect. So it's not a 
single solid consistent color. There's light spots and dark spots. And I think the simplicity of that hat uh, will show off the yarn really nicely. So I'm very excited about that one. And I cast that hat on tonight and I'm just about done with the ribbing. And like I said, I'm hoping that that will be one that I crank out pretty quickly. So then the last thing, believe it or not, there's still one more thing. Um, the last thing that I did was I really have been dying to do some more self-striping yarn. Uh, when I went to Miss, my sister knits about a month ago, she had all this gorgeous self-striping yarn. Plus I, I had all that self-striping yarn sitting here on my office shelf for the giveaways um, for about a month. And so I thought, you know, I'm just ready to do a little bit more self-striping yarn. So I got out my warp board and I wrapped that um, sort of the new way that I had done it when I did the, gosh, which socks were those? Oh, when I did the, the gray with the rainbow color. So I had done um, a new technique of wrapping the warp board so that you basically end up with just a really, really, really large loop of the yarn. And um, that's what I had done in the socks where I did a gray and then um, little repeats of four colors. So I tried to do like an eight color repeat. And in that one, when I tried to do it for eight colors, you'll remember the repeats are just really short. So it basically just ends up being like one round of each color. My warp board is not big enough to create a loop large enough for, um, I think really more than a four color repeat. So that's what I decided to do was a four color repeat. I did bright aqua and chartreuse and silver gray. So this is the one where I did go ahead and mix up some dye stock, uh, just in some bottles of water. And it really went a lot better than a lot of things have when I've just been using bottles of stock. So uh, it was much less mess because I was a lot more conservative with how much water I put or how much stock I put on the um, on the yarn itself because I was already getting the concentration that I wanted. So that is definitely something I think I've been a little gun shy about mixing up stock and then, you know, maybe like not being sure that I would like the colors. But these were colors I knew for sure I will use again. And now I, I do feel like um, I have plans in a couple of weeks to do some dyeing with my friend. And so I may just go ahead for all of that and mix up some stock in the colors that I use most commonly. Certainly I could use some black, right? And I like that very crush. And there are definitely probably a half a dozen more colors that um, if I just mixed them up and sealed them up and stored them safely, I think I would get a ton of use out of them. So the other thing that's been hard a couple of the times that I've been self-striping self has been getting everything then, you know, wound back up and not crazy and not tangled. And this went really uh, super well, really could not have gone any better. So I was very happy with the uh, intensity of the colors that I got. And uh, I was able to keep it from being crazy and tangly and I put it outside on my drying rack today while I went to lunch with some friends and I came home and it was really nice and dry and nothing crazy or tangly had happened to it which was good news. So 
Then I wanted to uh, reskein it on my Nitty Knotty. So what I did was I took the really, really, really long loop and I took two of my kitchen chairs and set them far apart from each other in the kitchen chairs and I looped the yarn around them and then I kind of walked around with the Nitty Knotty and, and wound it back up and that worked great actually. And so I had it in a really pretty skein and then I I tried to do one of those like gobstopper balls, zour balls I think sometimes people call them, where um, you wind the yarn into a ball and every time the color changes you sort of change direction. But it didn't turn out very tidy looking and I also felt like compared to some of the yarns that I bought, like the lollipop yarn that I've bought has come wound that way and it's so pretty. But she's very precise in how she does it and I was not being super precise about it. And I also felt like I was winding it too tight and that just kind of made me uncomfortable. So I had it wound up in the ball and then I went ahead and just uh, took the end and stuck it on my ball winder and I just wound it up into a regular cake. So I am planning to cast on some more vanilla socks with an afterthought heel um, out of that yarn in the next week or so because I did have a pair of size one or size zero needles that were without a project. I must have finished some socks recently. I'm trying to remember which socks I finished recently. But anyways, I had a pair of needles that were unoccupied and I'm going to cast those on. I, I think this was definitely by far my best attempt at self-striping yet. So I was thrilled with the result and that was really fun. So there you go. That was my weekend. Basically, I I died um, my whole Friday night and then uh, this morning and this afternoon I spent the time skiing things up and taking pictures and having fun with that and so that was it was really it was a blast maybe I spent some time on it Thursday night too I think I guess because I, I didn't do it all last night so it was fun I I have a lot of one skein projects to do now because really the, that's the quantity that I've been doing of each of these and uh, it's going to be fun to sort of figure out. It adds to my enjoyment quite a lot, um, knitting with this yarn that I have dyed myself. And it makes me um, realize how people who spin must feel, right? Because I, I know that people always talk about how much more enjoyment they get out of um, yarn they spun. And spinning is it's just not practical for me at this point, um, but the dyeing, I feel like I can, it's a little bit instant gratification. You know, it only takes maybe an hour start to finish um, for me to do a couple of these little skeins of yarn. And so totally worth it. And I love it. So it's a lot of fun. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this. I will post some of the details in the thread on the Ravelry board. I had opened a thread a while ago because people had some questions about dyeing and I, um, I then hadn't done any dyeing in a while, so I'll go through and I'll post pictures of each of the finished skeins and kind of talk about which techniques I used and which dyes they were and things like that so that you guys can check that out if you're interested. The other thing that was interesting that I saw today was my um, Winter 2016 Interweave Knits magazine arrived today. So first of all, the cover sweater, if you guys haven't seen this, the cover sweater on this issue is this breathtaking, 
purpley pink color. It's so pretty. It's actually um, the yarn that they use. Let me see if I can find it really quickly. The yarn that they use is that same yarn that I bought a couple of weeks ago. It's a Scassell yarn, and I bought a gray. Um, this is a purpley pink. There we go. And so it's the Haiku Kensington, K-E-N-Z. Um, and so it's from New Zealand. And so it's tweedy a little bit. And it's so pretty. So that was a bit of a sidebar there. But um, if you're not familiar with Interweave Knits, at the beginning of every issue, they have um, usually like things that they're trying to feature from a, a purchase perspective. And this month it is um, all about items for the new dyer so there's a whole page here all these really cool things so there's a book um from a verb for keeping warm and that is the modern natural dyer a comprehensive guide to dyeing silk wool linen and cotton at home so really interesting the review of it here just says it's a visually stunning book um and I guess it has patterns too. So this is a book that will definitely probably go on my list. I haven't done any natural dyeing yet, but I'm very interested in all of these things. So that's pretty pretty cool. And then there's um, a Halcyon Yarn Z Kits that says these are perfect for someone trying out dyeing for the first time. There's an indigo starter or a botanical natural dye kit. And so they have all the materials that you need to dye in your kitchen. Um, except it says like, except for jars and spoons and kettles and towels, and it's in this cute little bowl, and then it says bowl not included. So that's kind of funny. Um, the other thing they had was some Ashland Bay um, fiber or yarn, it is that they um, recommend, and so this one is a Klamath Superwash, which it doesn't say. It, in the picture, it looks like it's a worsted weight yarn. But 850 yard put up of the um, the yarn, which would be fun if you were going to try to do, you know, something for a bigger project. Um, that's a Mondo skein of yarn. So I may have to go check that out the next time that I am in the market for more stuff to dye. And then there is a um, interweave video workshop called Kitchen Dyeing. Dye your own yarn with everyday ingredients. And so that was, that looked pretty neat. This one is actually Tannis Gray, who is a very popular um, indie dyer, and she has beautiful, beautiful stuff. So they talk about um, natural dyeing in your own kitchen, and um, talks about how to produce one-of-a-kind colorways in your own home. So that looked pretty neat. And then there was one with a two-DVD bundle, and this is natural dyeing and over-dyeing with natural dyes. The word dye came up in that a lot. Dagmar Close, I think is how you pronounce that. And so these are um, another set of just really interesting videos. So I wanted to point that out because I want—I know a lot of you guys are interested in the stuff that, um, that when I talk about um, the dyeing, these looked like some really great resources and a couple of things. There was also a Knitter's Guide to Color and a Color Grid from the Kangaroo Dyer. And it says it's an easy 
inexpensive, fun way to select colors for any type of project. So that's kind of cool. Um, and then there were a couple of things about naturally dyed yarn. So there's yarn from a verb for keeping warm. Um, and then Swan's Island natural color collection. Those are the things that are featured. So just something interesting. If you get interweave knits, you can check that out. Or I think this is interweave is a pretty easy publication to get your hands on. And so I just wanted to point that out to everybody. So that's it for the hand dyeing segment for this time. Um, up next is actually attending. So on Thursday, I realized that I was going to be able to squeeze in a trip to the Boulder County Hand Weavers Guild show sooner than I thought I had been planning to go today. And I dropped the kids off at Homework Club and I was kind of deciding, what am I going to do for the hour and a half that I have? Maybe I'll do laundry or maybe I'll make dinner. And then I realized, oh my gosh, <laughs> I can run over now and go to the Hand Weavers Guild show. So this is an annual event that they do. I think they always do it in November um, at the Boulder County Fairgrounds. And it's always really neat to do. So they have the whole um, big indoor section of the fairgrounds that they use for this show. And at the front of the show, they have some juried um, projects, really, really, really more like art projects that you can vote for sort of the winner of the show. And they had all sorts of beautiful things. I, um, I saw this great, it was like a picture, like a portrait of a dog. And then it turned out it was felt, it was felted, um, like needle felted. So that was really cool. There were some beautiful weaving pieces, some beautiful quilting pieces, silk stuff, just really gorgeous, gorgeous pieces. So that's all up at the front and you can kind of take a look. And then they have the show um, laid out where things are just grouped together. So it's not like they do individual booths or something. Anyone from anyone who's a guild member can bring their stuff to sell. So there was, I think, less yarn and fiber this year than I remember there being in past years. It was all way at the back, and there was just a little bit of it, like kind of one corner. Um, and there's hand spun, and there's roving, and then there's yarn. There were a couple of dyers who had done some beautiful yarn. That was kind of what got me like inspired to come home and crank out the dye pots, although I, I didn't really... Maybe the speckled one is the only one that came close to, to these gorgeous striking colors that they had in, in some of the yarns and also in some of the robings. But there's always gorgeous stuff. I did not buy any yarn, um, but there was plenty that I, I would have bought, um, but I'm trying to trying to be good. So then the rest of the show is, is really things that people have created in terms of um, objects. So there was jewelry, beautiful felted beads. There were these really cute earrings that I almost bought that had like a brass looking antique brass, I would call it. Um, finding they were round, like drop earrings. And then on top of that, there were um, like a chartreuse colored felt and then little brass beads that were dragonflies, very hard to describe. And you're not supposed to take pictures in there. So I didn't um, take pictures of anything except one of the juried things, which I think you are allowed to photograph. 
Um, but those were cute. There were beautiful woven things. I have to say that going to something like this and seeing the, the incredible artistry from some of these people is the type of thing that would make me want to weave. Um, weaving's not portable. So it's not really in the cards for me anytime soon. But I was looking at this one gorgeous um, wrap and it was this beautiful combination of red, red to purple, like a magenta, just striking, gorgeous, beautiful color. And then little shoots of kind of a gold. And so it was like my neighbor has a sugar maple tree and the leaves turn this beautiful color that is sort of red and purple at the same time. And that's the color that this woman had managed to capture in this beautiful wrap. And it was prohibitively expensive. It was worth every penny they were asking for it. But um, but those pennies were not in my price range. So that was neat. Um, and then there were lots of little, you know, little hats. And I saw these cute little crocheted baby hats with, like, the state of Colorado flag on them in pink and blue and stuff. Those were really cute. Lots of... Um, mitts and mittens and you know all those kinds of things so some of it is just that people um have knit simple things that then they want to try to sell and rather than going to like a, a craft fair and having to have a booth by themselves and you know take their chances at something like that it's just a nice opportunity for local artisans to bring their stuff and you know obviously everybody there is interested in uh handmade fiber arts so so I hope everyone did great, and I hope that it was a big success for everyone who participated. They have tons of volunteers there, so I think part of the deal is if you bring your stuff to show, then you have to um, volunteer for some time. And so it's always nice to just uh, see all those women. And really, I was there at 4 o'clock on Thursday afternoon, and I expected it to be deserted. And I would guess that there were 30 people there at the same time as me. So... Uh, I thought that was a good sign, and hopefully when the weekend came, it was really nice and busy for them. So that was great. I'm happy that I got there. I really do try to make it to that every year and just be supportive of the local artisans, and I will look forward to doing that again next year. So next up, um, just a reminder again about Knitnosh. Knitnosh is coming together very nicely. It's an event that I'm hosting on January 23rd in Longmont, Colorado at Samples World Bistro. And it is a food, wine, and yarn tasting. So there will be four courses of food paired with um, four different wines and four different yarns. So you can come and eat and sit and knit um, and talk to other knitters and have a great afternoon. I'm so excited about this event, you guys. And I'm very excited about the um, Colorado yarn companies that are participating in this along with me. So um, the folks that will be joining us for Knit Nosh are Bijou Basin Ranch and MJ Yarns and Nerd, that's Nerd with a K, and Scandalous. So great Colorado yarn companies and it's a great opportunity to come and have a fun afternoon and then try out the yarn from these great companies. They will all be bringing mini skeins for every participant so that everybody gets to knit with all the yarn and I think it's going to be a blast so check out the website it's um, just knitnosh.com and that's k-n-i-t-k-n-o-s-h I'm still working through the banking issues of 
accepting credit cards. So registration will open very, very soon, hopefully within the next 48 hours or so. And I am just like working on menus and things like that. So it's a lot of fun, very excited. And if you're local and you're interested, give me a holler because I would love to um, meet as many of you as I can and have as many people there as, as we can handle in the venue. The last thing that I have in terms of attending is just the Interweave Yarn Fest in Loveland, Colorado, which starts on March 31st. So registration is open for that, and uh, the vendor list is available on the Yarn Fest website. I'm taking a couple of great classes. I'm taking a half-day class on Thursday about having a design career, because I think that's kind of a cool class to take. And then I'm taking a design master class on Friday, which is a six-hour class, which I'm really, really, really looking forward to. So that was a great event last year, and I'm sure it will be a great event this year, and I can't wait. It'll be super fun. So that is all for attending. The last thing I wanted to remind everybody was about the giveaway that I am running in the Ravelry group. So in the last episode, I reviewed um, a cooperative press book called Boys Knits by Katya Frankel and Cooperative Press was kind enough to offer up an ebook copy of this really great book. I really enjoyed it and I am um, excited to get to share the book with one of you. So if you are a member of the Ravelry group you can feel free to hop over there, um, post in the thread just which of the patterns you like the best and which you would knit and for who. So very simple and that'll stay open until November the 30th and on December the 1st I will draw a winner and Cooperative Press will gift that lucky person a copy of this terrific book. And that's all for this time you guys. Thank you so much for um, hanging out and listening. I really appreciate all of you so very much and I am thankful that you choose to spend a little bit of your time with me. So um, if you're looking to connect with me, the Ravelry group is um, really starting to pick up in terms of activity and really growing. So that is just the Knit Actually podcast Ravelry group. You can also follow me on um, Facebook, Knit Actually podcast, or on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Knit Actually podcast. And the show notes are always available on knitactuallypodcast.com. So guys, it'll be a couple of weeks um, before I probably have time to record again. So in the meantime, happy knitting. And I hope to be back one more time before the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday. In the meantime, enjoy November, and I'll talk to you all soon.